So, uh, welcome to our our podcast on Ten Reasons Why. Are you good, Pim? Doing well. Yes. Remember, if you um, haven't done it, you can get the notes from every week on uh, by email in the church. Office at exchangechurchbelfast.com. Office at exchangechurchbelfast.com. And uh, make sure you do that if you want to follow, because that has all the notes and the main points that we're covering off in the Bible study. But, and if you're not in the church, if you're not in exchange week in, week out, and uh, you're following, it's brilliant. We're looking today all about the whole thing of uh, identity, because that's not a hot topic. <laughs> Flipping heck. It's, uh, it's a bit of a crazy one, isn't it? The whole thing of identity. But we want to talk today about why it really matters. Like, who am I? Who are you? Who are you? you know, who are you? And it's interesting because it's one of those things I think um, I've really struggled with identity whenever I first stayed at home, a stay at home mom. So I'd been teaching for a number of years and then got pregnant and Ben came along and he just, I just suddenly realized when I was out in social settings, it was kind of, it's a thing people ask you all the time, oh, what do you do? What do you do? Um, what have you been doing today? And sometimes my day didn't look that interesting. Sometimes I'd literally just done washing, done cleaning, changed nappies, and then the house was a tip again and you wouldn't know I'd actually done anything. And so that thing, and probably for myself, quite a little bit driven at times, like yeah. to achieve things at times, um, like to feel like I love to do lists and taking things off and feeling like I, I accomplished something. And sometimes the only thing I'd accomplished was Ben and I were still alive and well, and, and that you know, didn't feel like there was that much else. Well, that's, that's right. pretty big, to be which, fair. Which is big, yes. We're both alive. Well, sometimes well. when somebody else is, is talking about how busy they've been and all the things that were going on, it felt... Well, it's a whole thing of uh, busyness and, you know, I'm just so busy. You know, it's like a badge of honour yes. that people wear, isn't it? It's like, uh, you know, it just... You know, it used to crack me. You know, with people, you go, oh, we should get together. Yeah, I've got a Friday free and... Nine weeks from now, and you just go, oh, <laughs> shut up. Yes. yes. Do you know what? You're not that important, frankly. And um, Yeah, so I think it was that thing of like, you know, if you try and get your identity in what you do, actually, yeah. that, you know, if you can get it in your job, but then if you, you, your job changes or you're no longer doing that thing or you get it in accomplishments and then somebody else comes and accomplishes something much better, there's always going to be, it's 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 not a steady foundation, is it? It's, no. It can always come toppling down at any stage. Yeah, look, I, I, I think I, I think if, if there's anything today, if there's a battle around, I, I don't even think it's a particular battle that's new right now. I think it's always been this way, that question of who are you really? Mm -hmm. And uh, like we're doing in, in this podcast is looking at, like, who does who does Jesus say? You know, what what is the truth of God's grace? How, how do we frame all of these problems? And like, it's, it's, it's interesting, like I was, when I was reading about identity, you know, it's like, and trying to figure out why, why are people struggling with it? Um, you know, because there's loads, there's loads of different thoughts around it, right? I was just going like identity denotes who we are. So how do you answer the question, who am I? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, the interesting thing is you probably answer that question differently, whatever kind of situation you're in, you know? So if you're in work, it'll be answered a particular way if you're with it, but it's, Essentially, identity is just how you see yourself, and it's there's things that you can control, like your decisions, your interests, and there's things that you can't control, like mm -hmm. your family, right? Uh, it definitely can't control born. where you're born, your race, all that kind of stuff, and you know, it's like that thing of the core identity in us, like how we're hardwired, our personality, 
our chosen identity is our status, traits, skills, all that stuff, and then our given identity, gender, place of birth, and all that. And I, I guess, do you know what? Do you know what's really funny? It's like I, I, I think that today, that you know, if people go, why does it really matter anyway? You know that thing of, like when you look at people, everyone's got a soapbox in this one right now. My identity is, mm-hmm. and I suppose the core of it is like, of course, the word of God says that how you, how we live our lives, mm-hmm. right, is rooted in how we feel, yes. how we see ourselves, yeah. who we believe we are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know that, that thing of your life, mm-hmm. like our lives are going in the direction of our dominant thoughts. I find that really, really challenging yeah. to go, actually, it's not, I'm not a victim. Mm-hmm. It's not about everybody else. It's not about systemic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, I've got responsibility mm-hmm. and I've got to really, I've got to really get the grips with, you know, like all of those things that we're talking about are, are fluid, aren't they? That's the problem with identity. It's like, there has to be something where it's, it's rock solid. It has to be based on something other than, mm-hmm. like and something, you know, yeah, or something that can change, yeah. Because like what you were saying, like, yeah. like when you were bringing the kids up, it's like if that's just who you were at that point, or just who you were in total, then like that's a bit of a tough one, right? That wouldn't have been, you know, brilliant raising kids. Not saying you know, but like there's that feeling of there's more. Is this just it? You know that you know. And that's the problem. I think like we've got to get the grips and go, there is something, there is something outside of how you feel, what you do, you know, who other people say, where you were born, what your race is, what your sexual preference is. That doesn't determine mm-hmm. who you are, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Those things and how you see yourself in that is going to determine mm-hmm. you know, our lives. But mm-hmm. like, I, I think if ever there was a time now where we need to go, mm-hmm. um, like get some real help with this one mm-hmm. to go, where do you even start to unravel? Like, what does the word of God say about who we are? Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to say into these, mm-hmm. these kind of yeah. issues, right? Yeah. So what we'll look at, we'll talk about, um, you know, knowing God is key to how we understand our identity, why an identity is under attack. Yeah. You know, be good. I think that would work. And it's, uh, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's such, in a, in a sense, it's so simplistic because, you know, the Bible tells us we've been created in God's image. Yeah. And says that in Genesis. So he He made us. He understands us better than we're ever going to understand ourselves. So I think this this quest some people are so sort of searching, they're honestly searching, trying to find themselves. And yet actually that they actually need to go to the one who made them in the first place. They're never going to find in themselves the answer that they're looking for because there is, like you say, there's an external point of reference. Yeah. There is something that is true. And I think this, this the sense with identity is that, you know, you can't say this, how, you know, you can't tell me who I am, but actually there is one who can tell you who you are. Because he made because you. Because he made you. Yeah. And and that's just a fundamental yeah. truth. Um, um, you know, we're only going to find freedom when I think when we can actually come to terms with that and accept that there is one much bigger than ourselves. Yeah. You know, you just have to look at, at life, at creation. You know, it's it's beyond us. You know, for me, it's like it's that sense of awe. You know, I don't know how many people can see a new not, newborn baby and not go, oh my goodness, 
this is incredible. You know, how many people can, you know, go and travel the world, stand on top of a mountain and not go, oh my goodness, and stand in awe. And I think that it's that sense of we have that, we've got to get out of our own heads almost and going round and round circles with it's wrestling and actually start to go, there is one greater than us. He knows much more than we're ever going to know. And when we actually find our identity in him, everything else starts to fit together. So it's Genesis 1, isn't that Genesis one twenty seven says, mm-hmm. God created mankind in his own image and in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It's like, we've, we've got to have an order. I, I, I think, I think whenever truth, like, is up for grabs, you know, so like, my tr- truth is what I make it is one of the, the most dangerous places for people to live today. Mm-hmm. It's like all of a sudden truth, there's no such thing as objective truth. Mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as that. It's, actually, I just think it's complete nonsense. Do you know what? And I kind see, of look at the fruit of it and I, say, there's so much confusion, there's so much dysfunction, yeah. there's so many people needing help yeah. because they're just struggling and lost. Who am I? Because the question is, who am I and why does it matter anyway, right? And I think... I think the thing for me is like a brilliant starting place for that identity is to recognize that you don't get to decide what that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Based on your feelings or anything else. It's like there is a North star. If you like, there's an external point of reference and his name is Jesus, right? And he's the word. And in the beginning was the word and, and male and female, he created them going right back to the very beginning and going, actually it only ma- it, it only makes sense if there is an objective truth, and that objective truth is Jesus. Truth is, is not, you know, like it's a mess, isn't it? Like you think if, like in, in any situation where you go, well, I believe this to be true and I believe that to be true. And then, well, somebody's got to, somebody's got to referee that and go, actually, yeah. we can't all be right. Yeah. So there needs to be someone who is. And, yeah. it's, and it's, so why do you think it's under attack? What's, why, why is identity so much a hot issue today? What's that about? I think whenever, you know, the enemy wants us to be in confusion, yeah. you know, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, like I said last time. Um, God comes to give us life, and we find life when we recognize that he's our father, that we've been created for a purpose, for a reason, that we're part of an incredible family, that he loves us, and as a father, he wants to protect us, he wants to nurture us, he cares for us. Um, and there's a safety in that. Yeah. And there is provision in that. There's all of these good things. But Satan doesn't want us to know that. Because it's key, right? Mm-hmm. It's foundational. Mm-hmm. It's foundational. I, I think that's the thing with identity where we go, we need to understand that it is a key foundation mm-hmm. for how we live. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you have a distorted or confused or identity which is off, mm-hmm. right, then the enemy can just run amok, mm-hmm. right? by, you know, if he gets your heart and your mind that way and tells you this is who you are really, mm-hmm. then your life is going to go in the direction of that thinking. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about last week, you know, about the whole as thing. As you think, so you are. As you think, so you are. And as a man thinks, that's hard, Proverbs 23. Mm-hmm. And so I I, th- I think it's, it's interesting that you see today, and even in the church, like one of the biggest, um, it's like, it's that lie, isn't it, that we all sometimes suffer from, where the enemy comes along, he, do- he doesn't have to run your car off the road, mm-hmm. right? He's not going to have to destroy that. What he only has to do is say to you, you know, like, you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're a failure. Mm-hmm. God's disappointed with you. Mm-hmm. You're never going to amount to anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, 
if you get to the core of somebody, it can distort mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I think that, that I think that's when the enemy does his his yeah. that like your whole life can go off off piece. Then yeah, you know, it's not the truth. I, I think that's why he's attacking identity so much because you know as soon as identity goes, we make choices based on who we believe ourselves to be. Yeah, you know, and I suppose we want to talk today about the fact that when Jesus came, he came to reveal God as Father and to show us that actually we're all sons and daughters. And as sons and daughters, then we have rights. We're children of God. We're treated differently. We're part of his kingdom. And he's the king of that. And it's his domain that we live in. You know, when he came to say, you know, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to start to experience heaven on earth. He wants us to have relationships where there's love, where there's acceptance, where there's forgiveness where, you know, we get to experience joy and peace. And, you know, that's all part of this protection of the, of the church. And I think that's what we were talking about last time. This is why these 10 reasons are so important, because God loves his church. He loves his family. He wants us to live in this place where we're experiencing part of heaven on earth, where we're getting other people are getting drawn into that. Yeah. And so this identity of sons and daughters, where we have an inheritance, where we can believe for good things, where we know that God is going to take care of us. That's what is going to bring other people to know Jesus. And the enemy doesn't want anyone to know Jesus. The enemy of, you know, wants to kill, steal, destroy. But what, what about people even though in the church, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we've spent <laughs> how many years? Like forever. It feels like um, trying to establish a church which is about the grace of God and about the goodness of God and about mm-hmm. the love of God. And... Um, like, I, I think one of the biggest identity issues, like out in the world, right, people are just like absolutely going crazy. You know, there are people who think they're cats, like seriously, right? I remember- I had quite a nice life. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. Do you know what? I, I remember, um, can you remember- Well, didn't you think you were a cat once? No, you told your mom you were a cat? I did tell my mom I was a cat and um, I wasn't I wasn't very old, I hope. I wasn't like when I was 18 or something, but um, and my dad, he said, oh, you're a cat, are you? And so he threw me outside at night. And like, I was only about four or something. You probably get it, probably get reported for that nowadays, wouldn't you? But he, he threw me outside and said, uh, cats don't live in the house, they live outside. Out you go. And uh, put me out in the garden, apparently. And uh, it was amazing how quickly I became a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, so, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not like knocking people out in the world or being judgmental or anything like that. Because like, if you have, never been exposed to the truth of, of God's grace and God's goodness, then literally anything goes. It says that in actually in the Book of Romans, right? It's like, like don't be surprised when people who don't know Jesus and the tr- you know, b- behave crazy. Although there's this thing on the inside of us, the Book of Romans says around, we're all born with an innate knowledge of good and evil. You know, it's like, I, I think we, we need to have things, you know, today we, we it's our responsibility to make it clear. Anyway, the point is, like the biggest identity issue in the church for me it's not anything other than I'm still a sinner. Mm-hmm. Like we've been spending years, I'm a pen, doing yeah. church going, you're not a sinner. Yeah. That's not who you are. Your identity is not what you Indeed. do. It's your identity yeah. is who you, God said he says. Yeah. And because I think mm-hmm. for too long, mm-hmm. it's like as Ray Bevan says, you know, like, you know, that he, he you've got scared Christians or tired Christians in the hand of an angry God. You know, it's this thing of going, I'm never good enough. Mm-hmm. So my identity is not son or daughter. My identity mm-hmm. is sinner. Yeah. 
right? And I'll never be anything but a sinner until I get yeah. to heaven. And I, I think, I think you know, in the world, mm-hmm. you see all the fruit of just craziness. But in the church, I think it's way more insidious. Mm-hmm. Actually, to go, Jesus loves you. Jesus paid a price for you, but somehow there's still something wrong with you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think, can you think of a, a bigger attack than that? No, I and I actually haven't. We in the lessons and that we're constantly talking about that, that sense of living out of who God says you are, yeah, and recognizing that actually you are a saint. You're not trying to, yeah. you know. You, you're a new creation. You've been sanctified. You're still working out yeah. the sanctification. You're still working out that sense of becoming all that God's made you to be. But He sees you as perfect. He is sealed with the Holy yeah. Spirit, like it was said about that that verse in Ephesians, um, that we're all blameless, that we're holy and blameless in His sight. And so that that is that is how, that is truth. That's how we, we now need to see ourselves. And then we're going to live with so much more freedom because we're not going to we're not trying to earn God's approval. We're not trying to you know we come as we are. We're not coming all the time asking to be forgiven. We are forgiven. Yeah, we're loved. Is, is, isn't that the truth though? Where we go, like this is the outrageous nature of God's grace for me. Where you go, actually, like what a message for for anyone in the world or in the church, right? Like, and some so, sometimes I think it been around it for a while you might lose the wonder of it mm-hmm. like the, the absolute wonder of going who you are is determined by nothing mm-hmm. in the truest sense of who you are is only determined by the one who made you mm-hmm. and if you're in Christ then you're brand new mm-hmm. you are no longer a sinner and people go but but one but I still do mm-hmm. bad things or I still think wrong thoughts or still do stuff mm-hmm. and the Lord goes I know but past present and future I've made I've made you brand new, mm-hmm. and so you stand forgiven. You stand in the place of forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? And just like what you did couldn't make you a Christian, what you do now can't make can't you it's not a Christian. Yeah, it's that crazy. Yeah, I mean, and that for me, identity. If we can, if we can really, you know, even in this series, get people to just to sit and meditate and think on nothing else other than, like, you know, a simple. That, that simple truth of I have been perfected forever mm-hmm. by one sacrifice mm-hmm. he perfected me forever mm-hmm. and my identity is absolutely nailed down mm-hmm. right who I am will you know of course I'm going to get things wrong mm-hmm. of course I'm going to make mistakes right mm-hmm. but God's grace you know doesn't leave the room whenever I make a mistake mm-hmm. you know God's grace you know it's like how much more it says in the word does he love you know, as kids, it's like, you know, God's grace just fills us in our in our failure, yeah. doesn't reject us in our failure. And so, but I, I, I think in terms of that thing of identity being attacked, mm-hmm. it's like, I think if we can all be aware, and this is what we were talking about, right, when we were doing this, this session in church was like, you know, identity is not just kind of ethereal and out there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the key view of how you, who you see yourself to be. Yeah. Am I a son? Am I a daughter? Am I loved? Yeah. And uh, so we, we did, um, like, what we're doing in these sessions is having a look at a, a Bible character from the Old Testament. Yeah. And one, and then looking at what Jesus says. So okay. we looked at David here, didn't we? To go yeah. and look at his bit of identity. Yeah. And I mean, we kind of chose David to, to for these Bible studies for even the first part because we felt that, which is the 
character that everybody knows. So even if people, you know, don't know that much about God, people, most people remember the story of David and Goliath. And that sense from, for him, from a very young age, being called, being set apart, being told something about who he was, and then how in his life, often that was challenged. A lot of things came against him. And now we looked at how, obviously, he was anointed by Samuel. Um, Samuel didn't recognize that that's who God was calling him to anoint. And, you know, but God said, like, man looks at the outward appearance of God. First Samuel 16, 7. Yeah. God looks at the heart. And so just that sense that, and now when God looks at us, you know, again, so many of us are so consumed by the outward, either with ourselves or with people around us, even other Christians, we often judge everyone according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. God's always looking at the heart. We've been made new. And, um, but then the, the journey that David goes on, even the fact that, you know, we all know the story of David and Goliath and we know that he, you know, he kills the giant, but how he's challenged when he goes down there, the first people he meet are his brothers. And basically he's sent there by his dad to give him food. And the brothers are like, what are you doing here? And just totally belittle him, like talk to him like you should be back in the fields, minding those few sheep. It's like, you know, you're insignificant again. The things that okay, we often feel that attack our identity, like, who are you? Who are you, you know, who do you think you are? And we talked about um, on our session, just often that can come from people very close to us. Often our identity can be challenged by people who know us very well. Sometimes it's our family. Sometimes it's been people in school teachers have said things to us that have made us question who we are. Have made us think, well, fuck, maybe I'm worth this again, going back to those things we talked about last time. We start to doubt ourselves. We start to believe lies because of what other people say. And how. Isn't it true that it's, it's jet like, because your identity, a lot of how you see yourself is shaped by the people closest to you. Mm-hmm. So family has a massive impact. Um, but authority figures, because mm-hmm. then we look at it in David's life, how even Saul, yeah, right? Saul didn't see him, didn't see David. As So the Lord, when, when the Lord calls David, mm-hmm. Samuel goes, the Lord's looking at his heart, mm-hmm. right? And, um, but even Saul, so there, there's family as one, but yeah. people in authority. Yeah. So represented by Saul, and Saul looks at him and goes, you know, like, you're never going to be able to fight this battle, so take all of my armor mm-hmm. and put it on you. So he didn't even, he didn't see him the way that the Lord saw him. Mm-hmm. He just was looking at him in the natural and going, there's no way this wee lad is going to be able to fight mm-hmm. Goliath, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's interesting that it's always like, we, and we shouldn't be surprised. I don't think that normally family or authority figures in our life are normally the ones who can have the most detrimental effect mm-hmm. on who we see ourselves to be. And and it's not always because they intend it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's like... Overfamiliar or... I see our flaws as well. I see our weaknesses. Um, and I think, again, it's that sense like we were saying last week, we then have to choose, mm-hmm. don't we? We've got to, again, taking those thoughts captive. All right, this is what God says about me. This is what other people are saying. This is how I feel. I'm maybe siding more towards maybe they're right. And then we've got to make a choice. Are we going to yeah. go with that? Yeah. Are we going to believe, even if I don't feel it, that actually God's called me, God says this about me, I am a son and daughter, I, am, I do well, have significance. Well, I, I love what David says when he's fighting Goliath, because <clears throat> he looks at Goliath and goes, you uncircumcised Philistine, which, like, you never say that to anyone in Belfast, right? If you're in order, you uncircumcised, you get your milk kicked in. But, um, but it's that thing of God, David knew, because that whole thing of, um, what David was if I paraphrase it isn't it that sense of going I've got a covenant mm-hmm. I've got a promise mm-hmm. you don't 
it's almost like he he knew that he was a son he knew that he was called by god and so even though it was the family even though it was um it was authority and then even though it was the enemies mm-hmm. all stand against him going like all pointing at, all, all yeah. basically saying the same thing yeah. exactly that who are, who are you who do you think you are yeah. you'll never be able to do this yeah. you know it's like we know you you're the weak here yeah. and, and david just goes no hold on i've got a promise i've got a covenant mm-hmm. and this covenant has promises that are made to me mm-hmm. and that and that thing of you know his heart was soft the lord and then there's this massive victory which mm-hmm. is incredible so i i think i think it's interesting what, what we were trying to think through there was to go think about the different areas in your life right mm-hmm where you've taken on what other people have said have said yeah and and then think about how that's shape and how you live yeah and then just bring it into the lens of god's grace mm-hmm. and uh, then we look to jesus obviously yeah. and um and just that, that sense of you know jesus came to reveal god as the father like what we said already because in the old testament you know god came yeah. he said no but just explain that point right so in the old testament like because we've even preached it haven't we like mm-hmm. the names of god like God is, you know, your banner. God, you know, mm-hmm. God is your healer. Mm-hmm. God is your your refuge. Refuge. Um, I love the old Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Well, that's funny. <laughs> About it too many times. Sorry, <laughs> it's still funny. It is funny though, right? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. There's people who don't understand that. But uh, anyway, so you know, and then Jesus comes on. So in terms of identity, right? Um, what, what did we say about that? So he takes all of these names. Mm-hmm. And reveals Abba. Abba. As father. Yeah. That sense, you know, even... But why does that, why does that relate to identity though? What, you know, it's like, you know, what was he trying to say in terms of our position, you know, with him? It's his sense of intimacy, isn't it? That sense of, of closeness. It's that, you know, you can't think of a, a more intimate picture than a, a father that's, protector, that provider, that one who loves, that faithfulness, that, um, you know, I think of you with our kids, um, like when daddy's there, everything's fine, daddy will fix it, daddy's just the one that makes everything better. That's how a lot of us who've got loving fathers relate to a father. And so Jesus came to show that, you know, and it's that sense of it's his father. He started to allow us to see the relationship that he has with God. Yeah. God's not distant. God absolutely loves him, and we're invited into that relationship. We get to, to you know, he talks, doesn't he, about how he wants us to be one, as him and the Father are one. Yeah, I think. I think for me as well. I think we talked. I think what's important for for me when I think about, um, like what Jesus is revealing as as Father, because it positions us first and foremost as children, mm-hmm. as though I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child of God, like all those other names, it's like, like father was the name because like, it's one thing that David couldn't have said, David, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, he didn't have the same covenant that we had. Mm-hmm. Our covenant is better than David's covenant, mm-hmm. right? It's built on better promises. Mm-hmm. And it's one that tears mm-hmm. every separation between us and God so that we can come close mm-hmm. and call him father. Mm-hmm. And in that place, what I love about this is all the other names of God like because a father provides he heals you know he protects and all those names of god are wrapped up in the name that's above every which is jesus as father and i i love that because you know it's like but you know father and then 
but obviously then we're children. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's who he says we are. You're my child, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you will never be anything but my child. I love that verse in, the, you know, in Ephesians 4, it says, put on then that new man created in true righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we talked about, you know, we're children of God, First John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called the children of God. And, uh, you know, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we're new creations born again mm-hmm. as children of God. And uh, I, I think if we started from that place, I think this is what we were, we were trying to cover. It's like, if the world is searching for identity, they need to come to that place where they go, the creator that mm-hmm. says who we are, not our feelings. And he says that in Christ, you're children. Mm-hmm. And that's the safest place that we could ever be because mm-hmm. we're provided for, looked mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually, um, I wrote this down. I, I remember when I was prepping this um, and we were doing that whole thing of our identity as sons and daughters was, um, can we just read it? Because yeah, actually, I think it's really good. I, I said, we're, we're so much more than these identities we've constructed for ourselves. And interestingly, our hidden identity, our greatest identity, involves zero discrimination. This identity has nothing to do with how old you are, the race you are, what country you're from, how much money you have, how much education you have, who your earthly family is, what's on your birth certificate, your physical appearance, what you've done in your past, or anything else in your constructed identity. None of those things really matter. What matters is who he says. I am. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Amen. That's that's cool. So I, I hope, you know, I hope if for the folks who are listening, um, that's helpful to go look. You know, look, do you know the truth of it is I think anyone who's been around a church for more than five minutes will have heard like you're right that you find your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I think the big the big learning point for us on this one was to go the only place where you'll ever find identity. Is actually in the is actually what grace says, not what religion says. Mm-hmm. Grace says, "Son, mm-hmm. forever, for always, perfected forever in mm-hmm. righteousness." Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. not a sinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, you were a sinner, but now you're a son. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I think I, I think that simple truth mm-hmm. to meditate on that, mm-hmm. think on that. Like as we said last week, to reframe our thinking and renew our mind to that That's truth. Really. Because there's so many people I think who are, who just struggle with it or like those lies that come in, you know, I'm worthless, I'm helpless. Yeah. And for me, I just love the verse that I absolutely love is Ephesians 2.10 where it says we're God's masterpiece. Yeah. Like he didn't just throw us together. We weren't just sort of, you know, there you go, that'll do. We're a masterpiece. Yeah. He absolutely loves us. He's knit us together in our mother's wounds. We're fearfully wonderfully made it says in psalm 139 so you know we've been made anew it says in ephesians 10 in christ jesus we and the more we can renew our minds to that truth yeah so when those feelings come where we're thinking you know what do people think about me who cares yeah we've only got to we really only need to preoccupy ourselves with what god thinks about us and allow that to be the thing that fills our hearts fills our minds and then out of that we are gonna finally well, hopefully live a bit better. Absolutely. You know, I think if if that's our dominant, if it's true, mm-hmm. which it must be because it's in the word, right, mm-hmm. that our, li- our lives are actually following I think. Our, do- our dominant thoughts, mm-hmm. our dominant beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's um, it's really important mm-hmm. that we go first of all. It's who he says I am, right? 